Hey everybody, George here again with another episode of the In Good Spirits podcast. Again with my friend here, Chris. And for some of you who remember the old show, you might remember the illustrious enigmatic MJ. Hi guys, thanks for having me. Yeah, nice to meet you, MJ, officially. So yeah. yeah, we're we're excited for another episode here. And George, in this one, I think we are covering Bottled in Bond, which you wrote about your article. Was that about a year or so ago? And uh, what what Something publication like that, yeah. was that? Uh, most of my stuff ends up in Artisan Spirit magazine. Okay. Good people over there. Yeah, absolutely. So this is but, this is a very popular, um, kind of been an up and coming topic in recent years. But why don't you tell people what bottled in bond means? Because if you see it on a bottle, it means something very specific. So the Bottle and Bond Act of eighteen ninety seven was so. First off, the history of whiskey in the United States. Uh, back before then, uh, there was very little to no regulations on what could or couldn't be in the bottle. There's no TTB. There's no ATF. There's no no nothing. So pretty much a distiller could do whatever the hell they want to a spirit, like put iodine in it, put tea in it, not even really age it in barrels, use shitty barrels, whatever they want to do to make it look like it's an older whiskey and put it in a bottle. And there was like lower alcohol than it should have been, all this other really terrible shit. And there's a pretty notable guy that you'll see on a lot of a lot of labels from a certain distillery, but Colonel E. H. Taylor uh was one of the distillers who backed the legi- uh, the proposed legislation for the Bottle and Bond Act. He and the Secretary of Treasury at the time were the two biggest names attached to it, but a bunch of other distillers. And they wanted to put something into place to regulate whiskey where everything in the bottle had to be from one single distillery. It couldn't be sourced from anyone else. And the distillery on the label had to be the distillery that had the juice in the bottle. It had to be aged at least four years under government supervision back then. Now it's in a bonded space. The government's not really watching it, but so anyway, but also there are no additives of any kind except for water to bring it down to exactly 100 proof. And that's those are the big things of the Bottle and Bond Act, but oh, so it's it has to be a hundred proof. I knew it my in my mind, I thought it had to be at least a hundred, but it has to be exactly a hundred to be bottled and bond, is what you're saying. Bottle and bond exactly one hundred proof, no more, no less. Okay. But real, real fun fact for everyone: Colonel Edmund Haynes Taylor was a Kentucky colonel, not a real colonel. He had no military background. He's a lot like Colonel Sanders. It's an honorary <laughs> honorary title. Uh, given him by the great state of Kentucky for his great uh, representation of the state. He has no military experience of any kind. Looks great on the bottle, though, I have to say. I mean, Colonel, oh, yeah. Yeah, Colonel E.H. Taylor, e. Taylor, I mean, it sounds great. But despite <laughs> talking about him on all this, we're not drinking his whiskey today. No. So, yeah, I think the, the first one, first one we're drinking is more of a local whiskey to us. And George is popping up that bottle. This is from Mackenzie, uh, Mackenzie Distilling in the Finger Lakes. Uh, I've had some yep. of these. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, Finger Lakes Distilling, the Mackenzie uh, line, yes. Yes. And it's uh, a distillery that's been improving rapidly over the last few years. And I've sampled some at some whiskey tastings over the last couple of years, and stuff's really coming along in a great way. Oh, yeah. They actually just hit their 10-year anniversary, and they have become... Uh, so 
I've had a lot of conversations with people who are not sold completely on craft whiskey simply because it's young, it's not refined yet, people are still finding their path, blah, blah, blah. And I pour them this stuff and some of their other products and be like, well, here's the future of everyone else in craft. This okay. is this is what's coming. This is and people are their minds are blown. Yeah, they do do a great job, absolutely. Yeah, and especially <laughs> you said doo-doo. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and especially in our area, which is the Rochester Finger Lakes region, um, distillings popped up. You know, Finger Lakes distilling was relatively early around here, but distilling in Rochester in and around our area has exploded. But having been around for ten years makes them kind of a kind of a standout and outlier in our area. Oh, absolutely! And actually, Brian McKenzie, the founder and owner, was one of the key people in getting the New York State Farm Distillery laws passed, which made uh, New York, one of the best places in the country to Huge. make spirits of any kind. Yeah. Yeah. And farm distilling. Anyway. Yeah. Farm distilling and farm brewing are huge. Uh, making sure using New York state grains and processing. It's uh they've been great regulations for the expansion of both brewing and distilling here in our state. But for those of you who don't really care too much about New York, cause you're not from here. Let's talk about the whiskey. <laughs> yes. Sharp so up. this is. Yeah, go ahead. Nope. It is bottle and bond, as is the theme today. It's a weeded bourbon, so it's corn, wheat, and barley. And this one is four years old. Definitely has a bit of sharpness on the nose. Um, it's got that high, some real high notes on the nose, like almost a, almost a little bit of that rubbing alcohol note on the nose. Not in an offensive, like sting the nostril kind of way, but it's got some real sharpness to it sharp but it's bright yeah it's bright this kind of feels like like spring to me uh just kind of these fresh flavors just popping out on the nose it's it's really nice yeah i can definitely smell the corn it's got it's got some rounded notes on it though yeah like rich roasty corn caramel vanilla and it's a little like nose hair curling in the best possible way mm. like that exciting like <laughs> This is, well, this has this something is be to good. it. Yeah. Mm. What are you guys getting on the palate? It's a tough one, isn't it? There's like so much going on. There's well, a lot. Well, I'm breathing it in because um, this one definitely is sharp. There's no doubt about it. There's, mm. this has got that, alcohol sting and at four years it still tastes a little bit young it's got that very it's got that sharp alcohol sting at 100 proof where sometimes you won't see it even at higher but this one definitely has that sting i don't think in a bad way necessarily but this is not this is not a subtle you know quiet whiskey by any means mm-hmm. bad if it were more subtle and quiet yeah <laughs> like this yeah, is I- this is, you know, this is America. This is bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it it rolls really nice though. Like I don't feel like it it punched me in the face with that alcohol. Um, you know, it, it it you get a lot of flavor up front, and as it kind of those flavors roll back, then it kind of kicks in with that that alcohol punch, which is nice. That's kind of what I like when I when I drink a whiskey. Yeah, because it kind of as it rolls back, it's warming, but it's not hot. Yes, and then after you after you swallow and. Mm-hmm. You get that little burst of like that kind of like that afterburn that's not 
not unpleasant. It's but that like, yeah, you just had you just had some whiskey, damn it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. And I think it was also my first sip. The second one I think played more like your first one did, where it's it's rounding around and now it's it's sitting in my you know, this is this is this one that sits in your chest, you know. You've mm-hmm. you're definitely feeling it. You're feeling it in there. This isn't this isn't one that goes away quickly or just lingers on your palate. This is a whole body experience. Yes. And are you guys getting like along with the caramel, the vanilla, the roasted corn, all the usual suspects, but like a dried fruit and walnut oil kind of thing going on? I see what you're saying, but it's it's lingering. It's like at the top rear of my palate. It's that subtle backbone. It's not dominating by any means. It's I'd say it's front forward, meaning front forward on the sharpness, front forward on the corn and wheat. And then those other things are just those those little tingling back notes. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that, Chris. Way to put it for sure. So before we move on to the next bottle and bond spirit, overall, we're not going to do uh, MG. We're not going to do the hundred point system yeah. anymore like we used yeah. to. Right. I um, I've kind of settled into my not liking of that as Ooh. a rating system. So mm-hmm. just the overall, what do you think? Uh, for me, this is this is kind of like the bourbons that I I go for. Um, they're strong. Uh, but they're not overpowering. Uh, this is, you know, when I look at a whiskey that I want to drink, it's kind of one of those, you know, winter night and it's a snowstorm outside and I'm sitting reading a book and this is the kind of whiskey that I want to have with me. I really enjoyed this and I could absolutely see myself drinking this, you know, with fairly, fairly regular. 40 bucks on the shelf. Would you grab it? Absolutely. Without a doubt. I, I do like the price. I think for, for my typical palate, I think I usually would want a little bit more richness. I think this would be one of those that I would, I'd want to see just a little bit more age on. I think it might be just a hair sharp for my preference, but do I like it? Absolutely. It's quite enjoyable. Again, I, I did my couple drops of water. I think it was better before it got a little too sharp afterwards. Um, I think it was better. I'm still going to do that as part of my exercise, but I think this is really enjoyable and definitely a good value at its price, especially mm. for craft. Absolutely. So I love it when my prediction about things uh, comes true. Like I think in our first episode, I talked about the addition of water, scotch can open it up, bourbon falls apart. And I, I just like when I see that happen because it's like, yeah, yeah I was right. <laughs> <laughs> It's weird because when we were doing our uh, spirits competition judging, sometimes I really loved it after, but sometimes you're right. It does fall apart. And I'm not sure. I don't know what that signifies, to be honest. It's just a fact of the matter. But anyways, I think this is a good effort and a place that I'm definitely following more closely um, as it's evolved over time. I'm going to go and say that it's probably one of my favorite distilleries in new york period i think they're one of the i think they're one of the better craft distilleries out there in general and i think that with stuff like this bottle and bond they're really hitting their stride really giving not only giving the market what it wants but they're making damn good stuff but real quick actually a point i want to make about bottle and bond and craft whiskey 
the part of it we just talked about in the beginning with the labeling distillery has to be the producer of the actual whiskey. It's a great proof of origin saying that we did not source this. We made this ourselves. It's no bullshit. Yeah. So when it says, you know, Finger Lakes distilling, that's exactly where that's from. And, you know, because this is craft and, you know, a lot of their grains are coming from our state too, which is, um, it's a, it's a great thing. And New York has so much agricultural character that there's so much opportunity to really show the, you know, real source of where all the ingredients are coming from. Exactly. Yeah. But now on to the next whiskey. Mm. See, I'm excited about this one. Total opposite end of the spectrum of the bottle and bond whiskey thing. Not technically bourbon, the Tennessee whiskey. And this whiskey of the year winner is George Dickel bottle and bond Tennessee whiskey, 13 years old. So this, this is part of the question. So bottle and bond is just a spirits designation or is it for whiskey only? Technically speaking, if you were to put gin in a barrel for four years, you could absolutely have a bottle and bond gin. Okay. There's no reason to do that really, but uh, it's, technically applicable to other spirits just you're pretty much only going to see it in whiskey and uh one notable example of brandy is i think it's the evan williams brandy okay. or not i uh, have i can't remember what's name labeled as but it's from heaven hill okay as a brandy and it's actually really great interesting see that's one i'd love to taste in a future episode i went on a uh um uh, a web conference where we were they were talking about cognac and armagnac and part of the discussion was around brandy in general and it's something I'd be interested to taste some American brandies. So I think we'll have to target that. I think we will. Yeah. Ooh. So real quick about this Dickel bottle and bond. It is, like I said, 13 years old, no official word from the distillery on mash bill, but floating around online is varying opinions. Some sources are saying it's corn, wheat and barley. I don't believe that. I think it's corn rye and barley, as other people are saying, but it's part of a larger corporation, Diageo. So full transparency is not too common simply because, you know, you don't give away your secrets to competition uh, first and foremost. Yeah, absolutely. And this is this is vastly different on the nose than the other things we're than the uh, than the McKenzie. This is. This is pure toasty roundness on the nose. There's almost no sharpness whatsoever. Smells real oily, kind of damp, kind of dank. I think that damp is a great, that's a great Mm. nose note. It's like basement-y, like a good basement-y though. Yeah, like MJ right there. That's right. (laughs) Just don't look, what's with all that plastic, by the way? It looks like you have a Dexter Kill room in there. (laughs) Don't you worry about it, George. Okay, I'll, I'm glad that we have to do this remotely then. Thank wow. you, COVID. Yeah, this is a completely different animal. When we're talking 100 proof, I mean, nose, taste, these are so, so, so different from each other. Yeah, see, I'm getting like flaked grain on the palate. Like that flaked, still almost, even with this much age, it still tastes like that dusty you're getting some of that dusty flaked grain, like flaked barley or flaked something. It's that, that dry, not oats, you know what I mean? But it's got that flaky, flaky dustiness to it. 
George, I see why you said that that you think that there's rye in the smash bill because it's it's got that nice little spice to it that you're so accustomed with rye. Um, it, it, on the nose, I smelled all this corn, uh, but when you taste it, it, it's it's not that sweet corny flavor that you're used to in a bourbon, which is fantastic. It, you know, it's intriguing. Yeah, I I definitely agree with you on that. And in with that spice though, you get kind of like either of you ever done any woodworking before? Not much, but a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you ever worked with cherry wood? Mm. So it's got like a cherry wood note, but like a cherry wood sawdust, like like damp cherry wood sawdust. Now that you and say get, that, that makes a lot of sense. And cherry wood is something I notice a lot in, well, things that have rye in it. No, that's interesting because it's, now that you mentioned cherry, it's it's coming a little clearer because... My first taste, I got that dry flakiness, and now that I'm tasting, I am getting that rounded corn, but you're right on that. It's like those high notes of cherry, you're right, the cherry wood, but not cherry fruit, because it's not, it's not particularly fruity in its no. character. It's woody and woody and grainy, rounded, rich, but not fruity particularly. Right, exactly. Definitely. Not overly fruity, but subtle and very woodsy. Yeah. Mm. So, what do you guys think about the finish? I think the you know comparing the two whiskeys that we've tried, this is not one that 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 beats you up with that kind of alcoholic burn as it as it rolls back in your palate. It's super smooth and it's really really enjoyable to drink. Yeah, I agree. I think that it's that 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 woody rich cooked corn flavor that lingers but it's that it's that lingering it's a different kind of sharpness the sharpness from the other one was so you know like pecan you know very very high palate this sort of sits in the back of your palate it's a very different sharpness but it's it sits again this is another one that really you feel warming from this for sure it's this is definitely like that sitting in a like rich mahogany room dark leather kind of experience this isn't a this isn't a sharp this is a you know big smooth affair but still with that brightness to it i get on the finish a little bit there though it's like after all that stuff it has like a purified spring water thing Mm. yeah i see what you're saying yeah, no, no saline or anything. Just is very, very, yeah, that distilled almost because it's there's not much of anything towards the end. Yeah, it fades yeah. out pretty quick. It lingers exactly. on after, but the finish is kind of the taper on the finish is really sharp. Not mm-hmm. sharp as in a tasting note sharp, but it tapers off quick. quickly is a better way for me to put that. Yeah, that's interesting. So, it's, yeah, so different from the other one. So fun fact and a local connection for us on the George Dickel bottle and bond, not the distiller for this because it's 13 years old, but the current master distiller at Cascade Hollow Distilling, which is the producer of George Dickel, uh, Nicole Austin from Syracuse. Oh, beautiful. She's one of the most, um, we'll say, important distillers in America right now. She's brilliant and doing really great things. And this is one of the first things 
that she's fully like uh the first full release that's new uh since she started there again she's only been there maybe a couple of years now at most so she obviously didn't distill it but her first product out so you said this isn't a bourbon so obviously less than 50 percent corn and sorry go ahead not actually why it's not a bourbon it is in it is more than 50 percent corn the thing about tennessee whiskey that actually would disqualify this particular one from being bourbon is the fact that it went through the what's called the lincoln county process which before barreling the new make spirit is pumped through sugar maple charcoal oh so is the the bourbon designation means it can't have gone through any other process or what what excludes it from being bourbon i guess that is actually really up for debate. Okay. Um, I guess you could technically possibly label a Tennessee whiskey as bourbon, but you wouldn't want to because it's not. A... Some people say, yes, Tennessee whiskey is bourbon. Others say it's not. I personally say it's not. But I guess in theory, there's nothing saying you can't do the Lincoln County process to a bourbon. Yeah. But. I've never seen something that's undergone the Lincoln County process be labeled as bourbon instead of Tennessee whiskey. Right. So it's, it's kind of a semantic and for them, it probably works for the better that it's, it has its own designation. So it has its own character to it. Yeah. yeah thank uh, Jasper Newton Daniel for that one. <laughs> Fun just... fact, there's only one Tennessee whiskey out there labeled as Tennessee whiskey that does not go through the Lincoln County process. And that is uh Pritchard's. And the reason he got away with, uh, labeling it as Tennessee whiskey without the Lincoln County process is when he applied for the exemption, he said, if I wanted to make Jack Daniels, I'd make Jack Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Man. So, I mean, we've tasted two very different, very different bottled and bond products. One being a little bit wider production, but a lot of age on it. And then a, true craft and for us a local product and we've seen you know a little bit of the swath of bottled and bond but there's so much more to explore in that field i mean so many different avenues to go down for for later episodes oh absolutely so i wouldn't normally want to say which do you like better but i kind of have a feeling we're we're gonna have a a split vote here so I, i'm kind of curious <laughs> what mj what's one which one do you like better uh, for me, it would be the, uh, the Finger Lakes. Um, I, that's, that's the type of bourbon that I like. And, and I, I love that, the, the boldness of it. And, um, so if I were to go out and buy a bottle, that's, that's what it would be. Fair enough. Fair enough. And Chris. So I'm actually, I think I'm going to surprise you a little bit and say, I think I prefer having tasted both now. I think I prefer the Finger Lakes as well. The McKenzie. You definitely surprised me. I was I was sure you picked the Dickel. Uh, I also would say the Finger Lakes is more in my preference. But yeah, I think I don't. I think it's important though. The Dickel is freaking good, man. Yeah, like it's not. It's not. By We're not any taking means. anything away from them. No, absolutely. Yeah. One, I think. I think what I found after tasting both is that, even though I, I think the Mackenzie would aid with a little bit of mellowing. I think the Dickel is a little bit too wood forward and too too flake grain forward. And even though it had longer age, I think I like the rounded flavors of the 
of the Finger Lakes balance with that sharpness better. It's got even that little bit of sweetness to it that I really enjoyed. So I surprised you, which I'm happy. You definitely surprised me. And we're going to have to talk about this another day because I could go on for way too long about this, but I am of the opinion that with like this bourbon, and we'll, can, we'll include this Tennessee whiskey in that category because they're so similar. Sure. Peaks in quality or at least in enjoyability between five and eight years. Anything beyond that, in my opinion, is often too much. But we could talk about we'll we'll end that note there because we won't stop talking if we <laughs> if we go on more with that. Oh, it sounds good. Well, again, this was a fantastic episode. I really enjoyed tasting both of these different products. And George, MJ, this was another episode of the In Good Spirits podcast. So make sure to subscribe on YouTube if you're watching our video or uh, subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can find it on any number of different sources and let us know what you think. Uh, you can find me at Stromy. George, how can they find you? Instagram at Whiskey Jedi. I'll once again on the YouTube, at least uh, superimpose some things. Beautiful. And we will let MJ speak for himself. <laughs> I am incognito. Yes. Uh, so if anybody has any questions, reach out to Georgia Whiskey Jedi and he'll he'll direct it to me. Beautiful. Because he's a serial killer. Look at that plastic on the walls. <laughs> I mean, you got to lay low. Yeah. So thanks for joining us for another episode. And we will see you next time on In Good Spirits. Cheers. Thanks, guys.